when you start with the small steps, what yeah. you're actually doing is you're creating a new identity and your identity is your anchor point that is who you believe you are. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins Podcast. I'm dedicated to helping you take control of your life. Together, we'll explore practical tips, expert advice, and inspiring stories to help you overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Making small changes is possible and can lead to big results. Are you ready? Let's go do this. Hey, Austin. Welcome to another episode of the Small Steps Big Wins Podcast. I am so glad you are here. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I get to introduce myself. So this is great. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to let I'm you do that. The, so, you know, when people give you, you know, they give you like, uh, like a, like a thing, right. They, they talk about your life. They talk about what you've done, right. Everything like that. Had a mentor back in the day. Uh, I really didn't like podcast. He didn't talk much. Like he didn't get, he wasn't on social media. He said, why would you talk about things that I have done? They are only stats of what I've done. Why don't you talk about where I failed? Because that's my actual resume. And I just loved it because it's the truth, right? And right. and so, you know, one of the ways that I used to introduce myself when I was getting sober was, hi, this is, I'm dead serious. This was at networking events for real estate, you name it. I'd be like, hi, my name's Austin. I'm divorced. Uh, I used to be a drug addict. I'm alcoholic. Nice to meet you. And people would be like, whoa, dude, what the hell? But what it did is it gave them license to not feel so bad about their problems. Mm. And I think, I think that is that we're so shamed in the areas that we failed or, or that we seem that we failed, but that we don't highlight that. Right. I, you know, came from, you know, an entrepreneurship family, even though I didn't realize it till 38 uh, mm. and had an epiphany in Costa Rica with my coach. Uh, I grew up in uh, an area where my dad got more and more successful as we got older. And as a kid, I didn't know what it was. I didn't, I didn't understand the aspects of when well, we keep moving into a house and that house gets bigger and the neighborhood gets nicer and blah, 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 blah. You know, all the people, like I lived across the street from some Houston Rockets. I lived on a golf course, you know, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. They were so miserable. And they kept telling my dad he needed to drive a BMW and he drove a truck and all these things. And I think a large portion of my early life, I ran for money because I told myself it was only going to make me miserable like those people. And these are things that you don't figure out till later, right? You, you don't subconsciously know that you look at, well, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to do what my dad did. I don't like that. I don't hate school. I dropped out of college three times. I don't want to do that. But that's what you're told right? You need to do this and you do that, especially mm -hmm. the time I grew up, right? It was college and this, and this has shifted now. I, I just think it was a, it was a weird way to live because I was, I was basically walking down the road for nothing that I cared about personally. So at some point you shifted that identity, right? So you went from being an alcoholic, a recover, recovering, you know, a recovering alcoholic, drug addict, homeless. I think that's part of your story too. You know, at some point you shifted, right? Chase, my business partner who coaches in the same coaching group that I do, mm -hmm. we, he, we get him and I get on about every three months and we do like a what's up with Austin podcast. Right. And we got on, you know, you know, sometimes when you're not looking for it, the haymakers can come, mm -hmm. but uh, I want to find this podcast for you because it, it, it's, I, I couldn't basically talk. He short circuited my brain which has never happens in the history of the world. Right. And he said, Hey man, I've been holding on to this for like six months, but I just wanted to tell you, 
that I haven't heard you. I haven't heard you uh, introduce yourself that way. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You're right. Like I've moved, I've moved on from it. At some point you have to let it go and say, you know what? The past is a past. Okay. I don't have to hold that identity anymore. You know, uh, I knew people like that who were recovering and they held on to it's, it it's, for like it's my, decades. It's my know? biggest, it's my biggest issue. It's my biggest yeah. issue with AA. And I apologize to anybody that's got sober that way. I'm not dogging on that part of it. But when you're 15, 20 years in, at some point, you got to let it go. And one of my favorite sayings is, I'm not in recovery. I've recovered. You're changing the ending, but it, man, it means so much. Yeah, right. Because you're no longer there. I mean, you don't have to identify with that past anymore. It's just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't serve. And if it doesn't serve you, why? Why would you Mm -hmm. even go there? You know, why would you even go there? I think, I think your, your name of your podcast has an interesting connotation. And I think I can add deep context to my sobriety. Uh, mm. and how I implemented what your podcast means. Um, Go for it. You know, my, my whole life, I was a person who stopped and started 90 bajillion things. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And I said, what would it look like? I said, where can, where can I get uh, my small wins? I read a book called Slight Edge, Changed My Life. Where can I get my small wins that are going to, that are going to equal up to a big new version of myself. Right. And so I said, well, the number one place I can find that is in the gym. Okay. Cause health is the quickest thing that you can see and changes in you and how you, how you operate. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. I'm not going to worry about how long I'm there. I'm not going to worry about what I do. I'm just going to go to the gym. That's going to be my new thing. So I did that for seven days and then I did it for another seven days and then I did it for another seven days. And then I implemented a second, you know, I'm going to read, you know, 10 pages of a book. So you start adding on these habits. Mm -hmm. And what I knew is that I read a book, my favorite personal development guy, because he's ex comedian and he's wild. He's crazy. His name's Kyle Cease. And uh, he tells a story about doing a juice fast and he was doing a juice fast to lose weight. And he did a juice fast for three days and he got on the scale and he gained three pounds and he got so mad that he threw the scale across the, the, the room and broke the scale. And he said, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, so what was my, what was the reason I did the juice cleanse? Well, the reason was to feel good. Well, do I feel good? Yeah, I feel good. Okay, well, then who cares what my weight is, right? Right. And so when I heard that, I threw my scale out. And I said, what would it look like if I'm just a person that goes to the gym every day and I create a healthy lifestyle? I didn't, there wasn't like parameters around it. Like you got to lose this weight, you got to do that. But it was like, if I just do this over and over again, then then I'm sure there'll be results. And so what that turned into is it turned into me losing 75 pounds Wow. It it turned me into doing two half Ironmans by myself during COVID, uh, biking 20 miles a day. Like, you know, we're what we do subconsciously is we build up such big goals that we fail at them. And then subconsciously we say, see, I told you, you couldn't do better. Mm. Instead of building up to those bigger wins and those bigger goals by creating small 
winnable steps because here's what they don't tell you, right? It's not about actually the work that you're doing in the gym. It's going to do that in the first place. That's what you're seeking. That's just the result of you showing up at the gym. The rest of the stuff is binary because the confidence you gain from actually signing up, doing the small wins and letting them, letting them compound is where you make the real wins in life. And that's what's won me and created more wins in my life than, 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 than anything else. That's an awesome point. I mean, if you think about it, you could just remove the word gym and just mm -hmm. say, show up in a, in a small blank. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's read a book, a, go to the gym. There's a, there's a anyway. story of a 400 pound guy. And mm -hmm. uh, he said, you know, they said, well, what do you need to do? And so for a week, he just drove to the gym. He didn't mm -hmm. even go inside. He just drove to the gym. And then next he went into the gym for a minute. And then he went into the gym for three minutes, four minutes. And he lost 150 pounds later. Yeah. And Sean Casey, who's my business partner's friend, who's an ex Hall of Fame baseball player, he coaches for the Yankees now. He, look, if you ever want to meet somebody that'll give you no excuses, he's your guy. He doesn't. He <laughs> says, "Look, you're sitting over here. You're giving me this song and dance, Lenny. This is him talking to me. You're giving me this song and dance." He said, "Can't do one push-up. You can't do yeah, one right. push-up a day. You need to do twenty. Doesn't make sense. Do one yeah. until you do one every day, and then you do two, and three, and four. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, dude, it's not that complicated. Yeah. And so he just had a buddy who wanted to lose weight. And so what he told him, he says, what's something that you do every day that you can attach your push-up to? And so every day before he went and used the restroom, when he woke up in the morning, he did one push-up. That guy's doing 150 push-ups a day now. Awesome. Boy, if that we could just stop the podcast right there. Small steps, big wins, folks. There it is. Just do one thing. Pick one thing. But I think it's so... You know, I think there's a deeper problem going on that we get sucked into this belief that you have to instantaneously produce something big quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think social media has absolutely um, made all of us disillusioned. So you get on Facebook and you scroll through Facebook. It's like, oh, wow, you know, I just ran my 100th Ironman. Like, I just did my 100th Ironman. <laughs> yeah. Can't even walk around the block, you know. And, and I think we get so discouraged, too, when you see that. You're like, well, why even bother starting? And, you know, I have to wonder if it's just because we've convinced ourselves that there's something out there on a standard that we have to hold up to when really the only person that matters is what's inside. It matters to us. It, like, you know, like I'm only, uh, instead of competing against somebody else, it's really only against me. Who was I yesterday? Am I, be am I 1% better today than what I was mm -hmm. yesterday? And if we yeah. can move the needle that way without looking on social media, without comparing ourselves to others, uh, I think everybody, there's no, there's no excuse why, Anybody can't have a small win in some area of their life that's mm -hmm. going to lead to some lead to some kind of change. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not mm -hmm. it's not anybody's. Th at the end of the day, it's really simple. Your small win for somebody else's small win is nothing. Meaning, what you deem as a small win or you deem as a big win is yours and yours alone. Right. And nobody can put context around whether or not 
that means to you. And the fact that you're letting other people dictate which, which the wins are in your life is the reason that you're not winning. This is a random story, but it means it's, it's important, right? Uh, and the day before I, I don't know why I want to tell the story and I just cry. It's the funniest thing I ever heard <laughs> in my life. So the day, the, the week before I got married, my first, my first marriage, I was playing golf with like an 85 year old man who'd been married like 55 years. And so we play like all day. It's just me and him, right? Play all day. Last hole, we're on the green. I was like, hey, man, I'm about to get married next week. He's like, you got any advice? And he just keeps walking off the green. And he like turns around and he goes, hey, man, those are just one of those things you're going to have to figure out for yourself. And he just walks off. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, but it, <laughs> I but, wanted some but, secrets, man. Give but, me something. <laughs> but as I, but as I look back on it now, yeah. right, as I'm older, I'm 40 myself, I, I get what he meant, you know, and, and, and we search for so much meaning from others, right? Mm -hmm. From books, from, from podcasts, from everything. But like when you truly become unstoppable, is when you don't need external forces to get you motivated. When you don't need to look at somebody's Instagram and go, you know, I'm not doing that, right? Like, who cares what they're doing? It doesn't matter. You don't know nothing about them. You know, and I think the easiest way to put it in context is I just got a DM from a guy a minute ago. If I were to look at his business on scale, on the website, on the reviews, what the customers are saying, it looks like a great business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but did you know two years ago they almost went bankrupt? Yeah. So the question that you have to ask yourself is how many people that are portraying on social media are personally bankrupt? How do you know if it's true? Really? You, you I mean, don't. There, you don't. You don't. Well, that's the point. You don't. You don't. I mean, there's a great story since we're in story mode. I heard it said once, you know, there's a guy on a, on a bus and he has two kids with him and the kids are like, terrors they're jumping all over the place they're you know bothering the other people they're making lots of noise they're doing this they're doing that and the dad's just sitting there kind of you know somber and just letting the kids get away with this stuff that they're really not supposed to be doing they're bothering people around finally a little old lady turns to him and goes you know hey uh you know why don't you control your kids there you know they're, they're terrorizing everybody on the bus he turned to her and he goes, yeah, you know, um, he said, but I'm just coming back from my wife's funeral. She died really suddenly. So I'm just, you know, just trying to process all that. And, and when I heard that story for the first time, I went, holy crap, you know, like you really don't know hmm. what's going on with that other person that they just either lashed out at you or they responded in a way you didn't expect he, he really, you, at the end, of, you really don't know. Do you know the story yeah. about the two men in the hospital room? Have you heard the no. story? No, I haven't heard that right. one. So there's two, men, there's two men in the hospital room. One is by the window and one is not, okay? And so the guy that was not by the window every day is asking his bedmate, you know, hey, man, I'm sick. I can't see it over there. What is... What is it like? He goes, oh, my God. He's like, the birds are chirping. He goes, the sun's out. It's absolutely beautiful. And this goes on for days and days. And every day you ask him, oh, my God, the sun's out. You can see everybody playing, blah, 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 blah. So one day he gets back from his doctor visit and he's not there anymore. And he asked the nurse, he said, what happened? 
to the guy and he says yeah. well the guy pat the guy passed away he's like oh shit that sucks he's yeah. like well can i move over to that bed so i could see out the window of this amazing view that he spoke about and she goes i hate to tell you but he was blind and we're only blocked up you can only look at another building i thought you were going to go that word that that <laughs> that way with that story <laughs> It's the but yeah, but it's true. It's, it's, truth, it's, it's right? so true because when you peel that back, if you really think about it, what I see through my own eyes and how my brain interprets, I mean, the two of us can be looking at the exact same thing and have different interpret different interpretations of what we see based on our experiences. Don't mm -hmm. you think? A thousand know? percent. I mean, you're yeah. looking at I mean, the only thing, you know, that's why right. that's why I tell people goals are meaningless. They're like, what? You're like a mindset coach. What are you talking about? And I go, but think of it this way. Goals when they're written can only be a past representation of how you view yourself. Goals are only what you believe back here that you can accomplish. So whenever you write a goal to me, I'm going to make you double it. Well, that's awkward. No, because you, I'd rather you stretch and I'd rather you overcome even farther than you've grown so much in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to yeah. be, I mean, not, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm going to be a hundred millionaire tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. But right. if your goal is to buy two properties, well, why can't you buy four? You know, and it's just yeah. because you have to become more to create that fourth property. And so when you stretch, you stretch every part of yourself. Right. And right. I think, I think that's where some people are playing it safe. Right. They're, they're saying, you know, because what we're after is freedom and options. That's really all we're after. So how right. you get there yeah. is up to you. Right. And when you set that goal, though, too, sometimes isn't like your brain thinking to it itself, you know, I'm going to set a goal that I think 75% of me can achieve. So Correct. the goal that you set is actually smaller. It's not really a goal per se. It's just something mm -hmm. that you know you can do and you put it down mm -hmm. on paper. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is to set a goal that, that, that kicks off other goals. So let me, let me explain something to you. I have revenue goals that we have to create in our business, right? To continue to grow and be successful and continue to buy other businesses, right? But that's not my actual goal. What? No, my goal is, is that we're going to be the best place to work. Okay. Mm. Well, who would we have to be as a company to be the best place to work? Well, we'd have to have our shit together. Right. And so that's a goal that strings off 10 other goals. But that is such a powerful goal in the beginning. That's the North Star. Right. It's like and, the umbrella and, that covers everything else. Exactly. And so yeah. let's take it to health, right? It's not that you're going to go and be an Olympic athlete every day at the gym and you're going to run and everything's going to be perfect. But I'm going to go to the gym every day for 30 days straight. We didn't define what that looks like, but how mm -hmm. would you feel if you got in the gym? You know, or, or I got a better one. I'm not going to self-sabotage myself and I'm going to put on my gym clothes the night before. The night before. Yeah. That was the best advice I ever heard. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Itzler said, he said, I've already, he said, what people don't understand is I've already ran the marathon before the marathon starts. The night before I, okay, we're going to be walking, you know, and it's like, because, mm -hmm. because we're setting ourselves up for failure because we're not prepared. Right. We're not, right. we're not, we're not, we're not creating, once again, I'll just keep a harp on it. We're not creating small wins to build up the confidence to create the big wins. The I big mean, wins come in the small wins. Honestly, exactly. the, the big the wins, the big, yeah. Yeah. The big wins. 
<laughs> Do you know how many people have told me that mm -hmm. this is the best name for a podcast it's ever? It's great. It's great. <laughs> like, this is the best name ever. Small wins create big wins, create gigantic wins. And that's your t-shirt, <laughs> right? Like it's just, it's so money. It wouldn't yeah. fit on the thumbnail. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I, it, it was originally small wins, big results. And mm. I'm like, eh, results was too big of a word. <laughs> it's like, I got to find a different word. And and kudos to me. I didn't even chat GPT it. This was, this is actually, actually this, GPT. this was pre-chat GPT because I started this podcast before chat GPT really blew up. I think that mm, was somewhere around February or March, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's a great, it's a great name. I'm like, okay, well, I think we'll keep going on it and see how it goes. So you're, you you alluded to the fact you're a mindset coach. So I want to pull that out a little bit about coaching. It took me, I think, five months to find a coach. Mm -hmm. And I had mm -hmm. several people come up and they're like, well, what did you do? Like, why did it take you that long? Why don't you just like hire somebody? And, you know, I think my process was I was looking for a coach that had a particular box. I'm looking for mm -hmm. this type of type mm -hmm. of coach. And I think finding a coach that really works and you can agree or disagree or tell me what your thoughts on this on this is finding somebody who almost organically shows up hmm. rather than trying to force it and finding a coach because this person has a coach or that person has a coach or that person has a coach. What's your thoughts? So everybody has their own life experiences, right? And some people had those experiences in the classroom and some had it in, you know, life, right? And I think anytime, I've, anytime we've toyed around with or created something to manipulate people finding me, it feels so inauthentic to me. Um, and so I've, I've, I've lost a lot of stress around trying to find people mm -hmm. and I just uh, get referred or, or a friend of a friend or they hear me and they connect and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really matter. Right. Because let's just call it what it is. Like the relationship to coach to client is one of the most, as my mentor would say, it's one of the most uh, treasured, you know, relationships. It's so tight. Right. You're, you're hearing all the good and a lot of the bad that they probably wouldn't tell anybody else. And so you need to really value that. And you need to understand that everybody is, for lack of a better word, their own snowflake. Right. Mm -hmm. And what shaped them and moved them. You know, like here's a perfect example. I'll just be and I've told this to so many people. Me and engineer clients don't get along. OK. I don't coach engineer clients. I've had like five try, you know, to like think about hiring me and we don't because it just like they're too methodical in their way. They, you know, like they're just like, oh, tell me how this is going to be. Right. And I only say that because both my grandfathers were engineers and a lot of guys get into real estate. But me and him, I just don't even try. Right. I Like, but in my early in my career, I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to try to coach this guy and it would never work out right. And so as a coach. I almost have to pick you as a client as much as I have, you have to pick me. And what we're looking for, right, is uh, where both people leave the relationship happy and, and content. 
what's hard is that the quantifiable things that I bring to your life are less um, quantifiable. And let me let me show you how how. Okay, the easiest coaches to hire in the space, in period, in coaching, is a wholesale coach and a flipping coach. Why is that? There's a dollar amount that you spend and there's a dollar amount ROI. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hire me and you're going to be happier. Who gives a fuck? Like, what does that mean? I want to make more money. I want this. I want that. Right. And so it's, it's a harder sell. So if you're inauthentic in the sell, well, then the, the engagement's really going to go bad. And so when people truly resonate with you and they truly find, I'll, I'll tell you a perfect example. It's a true story. Still one of my best friends to this day. I posted a YouTube video of me and another guy that he knew who was in GoBundance. He DM'd me at 8.45 on Monday night. I returned his message at 9 o'clock. We had like a 15-minute talk. We went on a Zoom the next morning. Hired me that day. Ten days later, quit his job. Fast forward 30 days later, made 70 grand in wholesaling, then made 300 grand in the first year by himself, got to be with his kids again. And this is what happened to me, rocked my effing world. I still think about it to this day. So I I never saw him. I never met him. It was just Zoom, you know? So Mm -hmm. like a year and a half passed. We're not coaching anymore, but he's got his own business now. They're growing. It's big. It's a whole thing. I'm at his house. I'm in Ohio last year. RVing and I'm at his house and he's got three young kids. He leans down to his daughter and he goes, Hey, Hey baby, you know how dad can be around so much more this year. That's the man that got him there. Oh, I was like, wow. But that guy was committed. He knew what he wanted and we went to work. And that is just like one of those magical times when he was right. And it was right. And we were boom and we were gone, you know, and then some are like pulling teeth and some are easy breezy. But what I love about it is it's it's made me a better person. I know a lot of what I'm doing is coaching them, but I'm also learning as well, too. And what I find so fun for me is that I'm coaching very smart, driven people. And it's really nice to stay I feel like I can stay in the mix and we're learning and we're brainstorming together. And that's so great for me. Right. And, and it's really been an, uh, an amazing journey. It's very stressful. Um, there's many months where I don't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's many months where it's going great and there's clients that have screwed me out of so much money. You have no idea. And it doesn't matter. Like that's all relative. Right. But my, as my fiance says, like, if you weren't doing it, you wouldn't be you. So why even talk like that? Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, and I, I, I this is a true story. I, I haven't shared this this much. I wasn't planning to do it. I started it almost eight years early. So, uh, what happened was is a buddy who was struggling with some accountability. He said, I need you to, I need to hire you as a coach. And I was like, dude, no way. I'm not doing that. <laughs> And he goes, well, I already Venmo'd you the money, so deal with it. And he was a multifamily broker, and he wound up tripling his sales that year. And uh, with him, then I signed a bunch more clients. I was already, I was doing it for free for years, but 
but not in a formal context. And um, really what got me off the snide, this is a true story. I've shared this a couple of times, but this is a true story. I was having a real hard time getting a second client. Like he was paying me and I was making some money and I was, it was fine. I was having a real hard time. We're like three months without getting a second. I wasn't marketing, so I wasn't really looking. But my mentor hired me. <laughs> this, this, is a guy wow. who had, this is the guy who had six businesses at the time. Three kids was bringing in was bringing in two hundred and fifty grand a month. How did that make you feel? I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened. I just <laughs> uh, so so he sends me same shit sends me Venmo and says, "Hey, I'm hiring you for four sessions." And I was like, "No, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. What the hell am I? What what am I gonna do? No, 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 no. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't." He's like, "Well, I'll see you at this day at two o'clock. Deal with it." I was like, "Fuck." So like, I'm literally, <laughs> I'm literally pacing the whole day. I'm like, what the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh God. Okay. So I'm like, look, 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 just breathe. I was like, just be there. Listen. I was like, figure it out. And so he goes on for like 30 minutes about everything. His life is very stressful. He goes on for like 30 minutes about everything in his life. And the moment he gave me an opening, dude, I just haymakered him. Like I just like, he literally like sat back in his thing. This is exactly what happened. I swear to God. He goes, that's just what I needed and got off the call like, bam. And he said it changed his life. And I realized something in that moment. He didn't need me to run his business. He needed me to be an outside view of his life that wasn't in the context that he lived in. And that set me free on my coaching because then I started, do you understand? I coach people that make 10 million, 20 million, 30 million a year. And I'm, I'm not making that. Not yet. Right. And so it's like, you, you had this such like, dude, I said a two sentences to a guy that made him a million dollars. And he was wow. like, that's a, that's a million dollar sentence right there. You just shifted my brain. I put this deal together. And I was like, yeah. and he was a coach too. He coaches, he makes like, it's a hundred thousand dollars to have him coach you. And I was coaching him for a year. And he was like, he was like, look, and he told me straight up. He's like, look, dude, my business is successful. I don't want to fucking talk business with you. He goes, but you are further along than me on the coaching, the personal development, and you're more real than I can currently be. Be that for me. And I was like, okay, let's go to work. Yeah. There you You go. And so you find your place and, and you, and you get, you get more confident with every session. And to be honest with you, I've just had a lot of reps. Like I coach like a lot. And there's really only one way you can get in there is get in the game. Right. That's true of anything. I mean, that's the beauty. I mean, the beauty of your story. And I think what I love about it is that it was just so organic Mm -hmm. and it, you didn't even expect it to happen and it happened anyway. And Mm -hmm. I think to pull out of it, the encouragement for anybody listening is that to look for those opportunities that you didn't think are opportunities and lean into Mm -hmm. something that, you know, if people are pointing out to you uh, something that's natural, don't Mm -hmm. fight it. Like you fought it a little bit, but then when you really let go, I I felt like you fought it a little bit, but then when you let go and and then get into it, then... You know. Yeah, what happened was I got around when I got into uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but when I got into a mastermind that was underneath GoBundance, not emerged before that, I got in this group, right? And you're meeting all these ridiculous people, right? And and you're like, and I got like two Airbnbs, you know, uh, and these guys got like forty and hundred and thirty, right? Okay. Um, so we had this game in the first three months. The groups got broken up into teams, and you had a game where 
you it would see how many 30 minute to an hour phone calls or zoom calls you could make and you got points for your team. Okay. And the first month, uh, people did like six, seven, uh, nine, you know, whatever I did 94, 94. I was talking to everybody and I was giving them advice and they're like, dude, I don't know who you are, but whatever you're doing, just keep leaning into it. You got something kid. And I just, and I was just like, okay, I'm like, you're trying to like, you're, you're mowing around in the dark. You're trying to figure it out, but you could, you could see things that they couldn't see because you weren't inside their business. And it it, it almost like people were like, I have no idea how you could buy an HVAC and plumbing and electric company. And you've never done this before. And I go, yeah, that's part of the good thing is that I don't have any blinders on. I'm looking at it from a lens of just business. And I think there's something to be said when you walk inside something and you don't have a, uh, a view on it, right? Like what would it look like if we actually let people speak without having to worry about context, mm. right? Like what would we let them have an idea and we don't have a response for it right away? Freedom. You know, freedom, yeah. freedom yeah. to think, freedom to like, we don't allow that anymore. You know, you start right. a podcast, the lighting has to be right. And you have to have a hundred million subscribers in the first minute and blah, blah, blah. It, no, it doesn't work that way. You either do love it, doing do it, it and you're going to continue to do it or you're not. And right. it's simple as that. So if you right. started it for the right reasons, then you'll keep going for the right reasons. Right, right. Because it can't be, you have to have something inside you that's propelling you. And I think that circles back around to what we were talking about before when we were, you know, when you talk about that Facebook and you're scrolling through Facebook. And so you have something externally outside of you that's trying to convince you that you have to go do something. And that can only get you so far. You know, you would see somebody, oh, they've been to the gym. Oh, I guess I better go to the gym. And you saunter in day one and then you go day two and then, hey, you don't feel like going day three. Well, you have something externally that's driving you. But when you have that internal drive and if you tap into it the right way, you become unstoppable. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're channeling it in the right direction. So, you know, like my podcast, I mean, I very easily, I only have about 18 to, I think average is between 18 and 25 listens a day. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's okay. I'm on episode 50 something. I used to not go to (laughs) college. I used to not go to class in college if it rained. Like I was like, ah, I can't go today. It's raining. Right. And so we create these like ridiculous things in our head and you're like, oh, like I can't go. Like here's. Here's my motivation to anybody, right? And let me show, I'll show small, small steps, big wins. Watch it. Watch this go right now. Watch this go. So this is a, this is hand to God, true story. I had just got divorced and I had just got sober and I, and I just lost my job. I was mentally not in a place, my private equity job. I was not in a place to handle rejection. Let's just call it what it was. Okay. So I've made myself a promise that for my first year, I refused to look at my download numbers on my podcast. So my producer knew, but I didn't know. And one day I couldn't take it anymore. And he said, look, dude, all you need to know is that it's going up and to the right. And that's all you need to know. This is a true story. So we're in year four and a half, give or take, right? Mm -hmm. Four, four years. I did more podcast downloads in January and February of this year than I did all of the first year. Wow. Right. And so we crossed, we crossed over a hundred thousand downloads, you know, whatever, whatever. Consistency and you show up. 
Yeah, but I made myself a promise that I would never miss a week. It wasn't about, it was, yes, I want to get new people and it's been great. And, but you're going to be there every day, day in, day out. Guess what? When I didn't want to, I would create greatest hits of, and I would send those out because we think, you know, that, that everybody's listening to every episode, but there's a lot of podcasts out there. So you want to sprinkle in a bunch of different stuff. But what I find the most exciting to me is I actually have a friend who's listened from the beginning and he said, man, you are so much better. Like, he's like, I've seen you grow. Like, he's like, you, he's like, wow. He's like, it is wild to me. Like episode one to like 500 and whatever. He's like, it is wild to see your life and the transformation and what you've done. He's like, you're a great interviewer. Now you understand it, you know, cadence and And so it's just cool to have that reference point. I see it Mm -hmm. as a a life marker, really. Yeah, yeah. I've experienced that too. I mean, I'm on episode, like I said, 50. But even from the very first, two, three, four, five, to now, I'm so much more chill Mm -hmm. and so much more relaxed. What what uh, What was your biggest fear before you started the podcast? Uh, biggest fear was, you know, it's funny. The biggest fear was not getting it right the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You know, it had to be perfect. So my first podcast, the first couple, uh, I remember spending hours and hours doing the editing on it. This is a real story. <laughs> I had three. I had three. I had three Airbnbs. Uh, I joined that mastermind. I was working mm-hmm. two jobs. I was cleaning all the properties myself. I get in the group like the first week and I meet like all these Airbnb owners and they have a 30, 60, a hundred. And he goes, I don't understand. He goes, you're handing out keys. He goes, what? (laughs) He goes, you don't have, you don't have cameras and then like digital locks. I was like, what's that? What the hell? And he's like, so I go, (laughs) I go do that. And I'm like, oh my God, I could do like 40 of these. And like, so it's like, it's like, (laughs) You know? uh, well, yeah, I mean, since then, I've discovered Descript and I've discovered StreamYard. But you know what you, and, but you, know what you, know. you didn't, but you know what you didn't do, though? You what? did not start. Right. I started. You did not start. You started. I started. And because That's you started, right. you gained knowledge, which then is only going to propel you farther. Right. Right. And I've had others ask me starting their own podcast since. They're like, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, here's what not to do first. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what not to do. And then this is what I do now. But yeah, I it, even well, it's seven months later in mm, in a so much great. different place than what I was uh, seven months ago. Well, I, t- I know, tell Mark, all, I tell Mark all the time, right? My past questions, I said, I said, what we're not talking about here is can you imagine the level of knowledge and access that all these podcast producers and editors are getting? This free content of these amazing conversations and all these people that are going to be super successful because of their editing podcast. I know it's not, we don't talk about that ever. Look, don't get me wrong. I appreciate every compliment I get. Every single one of them I cherish. The fact that anybody listens blows me away still to this day. Yeah, same. But, but when the podcast producer says you're doing great, <laughs> life's pretty good. You know, he's got a new one. Right. And she's like, this Austin kid, he's really got something. He's going somewhere, you know, and I'm like, yeah, 
you know, like, you know, and so, you know what? Here's she listens funny... to it all the time, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the funny thing with podcasting and listening to other people and connecting the dots. So we didn't even talk about the fact that I guess we could go there. You know, I hired you as my coach because mm -hmm. of a podcast, because yeah. I heard Mark on a podcast that Jamie did with him. And I enjoyed listening to Mark so much that I Googled him and I'm like, he's got to be on somebody else's podcast somewhere. So that's how I found his interview with you. And I listened to that and I'm like, damn, so this guy has something. So I figured, you know, I'm going to be a little, you know, ballsy here, I guess. And I reached out to you to come on my podcast. I reached out to Mark to come on my podcast and the rest is history. The original conversation I had with you was just to interview you to find out what you would do or what you would talk about when you came on my podcast mm -hmm. and what happened. Mm -hmm. It was like mm -hmm. an hour and a half later. And I'm like, I hung up the phone. I'm like, I have to hire him. <laughs> Cause well, I know I, I need to for my it's, coach. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a weird, it's such an interesting forum, right? Yeah. I think, I think anybody that I talk to, right, their number one fear is how do, am I going to get guessed, right? That's the number one fear I hear, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. that's the least of your concerns, yeah. okay? <laughs> that's not my problem. I have, I have way too many, yeah. Uh, that's number one. <laughs> the second is, is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter if any, nobody listens or anybody listens, right? Because, because you're going to learn more about yourself, you know, mm -hmm. look at it from a lens of being selfish about creating your own little mastermind, right? Your podcast is your own little mastermind and you have a platform that right. allows you to network, right? And allows you to meet, right? And it's interesting, right? I'm in a different phase of my life where I try to keep my life pretty quiet right now. I've got a lot going on. Um, CEO of a big company, uh, do the coaching, some other stuff, et cetera. And early on it was about networking and it was about meeting right now. And, and, and that's still, it still does. Right. But it gives me a platform to access people that I might not have other reason mm -hmm. to talk to them. And so it doesn't mean that we're going to become best friends after we talk, right. but it, it allows that door to always be there. And I think, uh, you know, one of my strengths is networking and you never know, like a woman I met today, like absolutely just amazing. Like we could have talked for like 24 hours, uh, relationship coach, uh, connection coach. We were just talking about life and different stuff. Like I would have never met her if it wasn't for the podcast and her friend that I met from somebody else that recommended somebody else and buy mm -hmm. And, and so these dominoes, they fall, right? And you never know what's going to come of it, right? And, and for me, my big milestone was there was a billionaire that I wanted to, uh, that I wanted to interview. Uh, he is wild as shit. He is crazy. He talks crap on everybody. Uh, he sold his company for $4.3 billion. He's the number one podcast host on, in two categories. Like He's amazing. He's wow. crazy. He's a writer, like a just famous writer. Um, and I could have easily gone to my mentor and got him because he yeah. mentored my mentor. And I told myself, I said, that's not what this is about. Yeah. I said, you need to earn the right yourself to get him on. And so what I did is I didn't do, I, I wanted a hundred episodes in the can before I asked him. Right. <laughs> then I watched some podcasts that he was on and then I angled my pitch to it. And he was like, sure. Sounds great. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. And we had such a good time. 
but just getting him right was like oh okay like wow okay wow this is crazy like you can do this and that was a big step for me in my confidence right but what really set me apart this was like the holy crap moment i met uh, austin adams who's a big multifamily guy who owns a podcast company too right when i started out he saw my schedule like six months in he was like dude this is terrible he goes, I don't even know how you podcast. He's like, this, he's like, your schedule's all over the place. You're doing this, you're doing that. He goes, this ain't going to work. He goes, you need to pick one day mm. that you're going to podcast and you're only going to do it that day. I'm like, dude, oh my God, nobody is going to sign up on that day. I'm going to get no guests. I switched this uh -huh. to Wednesday. And the first person I was trying to get on was Gino Barbaro. But what, what you don't understand is there's a reason why Gino means something to me. And I'll share that in mm. just a second. There's a reason sure. why it's so important to get him on and talk to him. All I had was Wednesdays open and I'm like, dude, this is going to be a nightmare. So I send an email. I'm like, hey, if this doesn't work for you, we can find some time. And he booked on Wednesday and I was like, holy crap, it works. <laughs> and like it like it like blew my mind. And I was like, oh, my God, you want to hear the story about Gino, why it was so important to me? So yes. Sorry, I spent so I spent 20 years in hospitality. I, I sold wine for 20 years. I worked at high end restaurants, came up with the best drink menus, the whole nine. Well, uh, I was waiting on Jake Harris, who's in GoBundance. I didn't know who he was. Uh, Jake Harris is, uh, runs a billion-dollar equity fund that invests in real estate. And I was talking to him about real estate, and I didn't know anything. And he slid me a yellow piece of paper. I swear to God, like it was like a drug deal. He <laughs> sent me a yellow piece of paper. And on the, I swear to God, this is all it said was biggerpockets.com. And I was like, What? And so I went home and I, the first episode I turned on was Gino and Jake. It was yes. their first episode ever, the, the recording of them. And Gino is annihilating the restaurant business. I mean, just, he's like, this is so stupid. If I would have, if I would have bought multifamily back then, and he just goes into this whole thing. And that day, my dream of owning a restaurant died, right? So <laughs> I started investing in real estate. This true story. Two and a half Three years, four years later, I'm on a ride and share bus that my buddy invited me to, Gino and Jake, in Nashville. And I walked right up to Gino and I was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, God bless you. Thank you so much for having me not be involved in restaurants anymore. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> it was just such a it was such a <laughs> crazy moment that like yeah. four years later, that piece of paper turned into me being there having them on yeah. my podcast. It was such it's a amazing thing. how those small things. I mean, let's go back to just the word small, small things that lead to big results. Mm -hmm. How often in our lives do we get so caught up in things we don't really need to get caught up in that we miss? those small steps, those small opportunities. Cause mm -hmm. think about it. I mean, think about, think about another scenario. He slid you that piece of paper. You, you could have put it, it in your pocket or thrown mm -hmm. it away. Yeah. And then how would that have changed your trajectory? This is, this is a old, this is like fork in the road, like crazy moment in time. And it's very undescribable almost. So I had left my restaurant gig finally after wanting to leave for like five years and went all in on short-term rentals and we were running properties all across the state we had investors everywhere i was flying to everywhere it was just bananas it was it was just crazy we scaled so fast we had like 28 properties we scaled in like five months we were crushing it for all types of investors 
me and one of the other owners, there was three of us had a big issue with each other that wasn't, wasn't going away. Okay. He had a view of his future and I didn't like my view in that future. Just put it that way. It was not, um, he, he wrote me, he wrote me a three page paper. These were all the behaviors that I needed to change within the next 60 days, or I would Ooh. have to be removed from the company. And so I read it, I looked them up and I said, yeah, go fuck yourself. And I, and I left. Right. And I lit, I lit, I'm not shitting you. I lit 30 grand on fire. I walked away because of mm. the business, the money I invested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling bad for myself. I'm feeling just like rock bottom, like three days, just, just beating myself up since. Right. Well, I left my job where I ran a big food hall and worked for a billionaire developer and I ran all the drinks there and it was our two year anniversary. And I said, look, I got nothing going on today. Let me go down there. Let me see some of my old staff. Let me, you know, say hello to everybody. I'll stop in. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I go, and I parked the car and I'm walking down the steps out of the parking garage. And I, I'm walking up to these massive, like 20 foot glass doors where you can see inside. I see everybody at the bar and I see all my old employees. And when I went to go reach my hand on the door, a voice said to me in my ear, that's not your life anymore. Turn around. So I let the door go. As soon as I turned around, I got a phone call from a guy I hadn't spoke to in 10 years back in Austin. He said, hey, man, you don't happen to be in between jobs right now. Would you like to come and work for my private equity firm, lending money to developers and construction guys? Oh, I said, shit. yes, I would. Went the next day to a job interview, took that job, never went back to the restaurant business. Wow. I don't even have a response to that because, you know, you know, I have to wonder, let me ask you, you listened to that voice, right? Mm -hmm. But was there a part of you that was open to other possibilities as I was well? Open to, I was open to anything that wasn't that. <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. You know, so when you're looking for those things, I have to wonder, you know, when we're open to those other possibilities that, you know, they they find us because we're open to them as opposed well, to saying, you know, like, I'm just going, you know, okay, I'm going to go walk through that door and then go back to my old life. I tell everybody entrepreneurship is really simple to describe. It's walking mm -hmm. down a hall with no door handles and the lights are off. How long are you going to walk down the thing? Because that that path backwards is super easy. Yeah. It's really easy to go back in that terrible relationship because that person, ah, you know, they're not that bad, right? Yeah. We Did do you that. fight scarcity mindset too? Like, do you have to fight that? Every yeah, right. day, every yeah. day, every day. Yeah. I had no idea what I'm doing, selling investments to people. But then I did know what I'm doing. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like you get in the room and you're like, wait. This ain't that complicated. I do this for, I've read all the books. I know what I'm doing. It says, this is what I did for 20 years. Yeah. So they wanted me to do like <laughs> small loans, but those didn't excite me like hundred thousand or something. Like that. Yeah. And my boss was like yelling at me. He's like, you got to get a loan in there. And I'm like, dude, it's boring. bro. And I was like, what if I get you like a one point, like $9 million loan? Would you lay off my back? And he was like, yeah, right. Good luck. My first loan was 1.85 million. And, and I said, I said, 
yeah, kiss my ass, right? Well, then the big boss calls me in the next day at 6 a.m. This is this is a real story, I swear to God. To this day, still talk to this guy. <laughs> to this day, still talk to the greatest, one of the greatest humans I've ever known in my entire life. Been in the space for 40 years, his space for 40 years. This is right after I did the huge lawn. I'm feeling great about myself. He says, come meet me for breakfast in the morning at 6 a.m. before anybody else gets in. Sounds good. I walk into his office and he goes, hey, uh, I'm going to fire you in three weeks or you're going to quit. That's the only way this is going to go down. I'm like, excuse me? I was like, I just, like, what the hell? And he goes, Austin, you're amazing. If I cage an eagle, I can't let him fly. He goes, this isn't you. He goes, you're an entrepreneur, man. Go do entrepreneurship stuff, change people's lives. I can't leave you here. Hmm. He goes, if you leave you here, you just die. And he said, but I'm going to tell you the best piece of advice I can give you. This piece of advice is stuck with me every day. And I tell myself this every day. He said, you see that bullseye right there up on my wall? He said, I want you to get so damn good at something like what you were innately born on this earth to do. And I want you to hit that bullseye so many damn times that you knock it off the effing wall. That's success. So what bullseye are you hitting that you're so good at? Uh, connecting and impacting people. And when you do that at scale, right, through small businesses or coaching, you realize that people are chasing the wrong things because energy is what you're after. Like, who do I spend time around that lifts me up, makes me even more excited when I leave? And who makes me want to go take a nap after I spend time with them? Right. What job do I go to that I feel depleted? Look, just so we're clear, it's 642 where I'm at right now on the East Coast. I've been going this morning since 4.30. Do I look like I've lost anything? I've had a meeting every hour from the day. Why is that? Because I don't do anything on my schedule that's not a fuck yes. <laughs> but yes, it took a long time to cultivate it. Right. But, but chase those things. Create that energy. And then boom, everything else opens up for you. And opportunities well, come flowing. Well, if you love what you're doing. It doesn't matter, does it? Time mm -hmm. just kind of floats, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. if, if you're in that zone of genius and you know that that's where you're supposed to be, mm -hmm. then it's not heavy. You're mm -hmm. in flow with it. Mm -hmm. Whether Light or heavy, I mean, the one thing, I, and just to come back around a little bit, we were talking about big or small or good or better, you know, like things are on magnitude that we create them to be. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, something that's quote unquote heavy or big to me might not be big to you. So who really defines that big yeah. or mm -hmm. heavy or, you know, bad or good? It's all how me, we filter it in our own minds. Right. So like why even try and put it in a box? You know, exact so, exact story from today. One of my sales guys who's a newer sales guy is having another baby. Their car got broken into. It's been a rough couple of weeks. He's, you know, waiting for some sales to come in. Like, you know, that's the whole thing, right? Life stuff, right? So he's been a little, let's use cranky as the word for a couple of days, right? 
So he's been helping us also with some things on the side that he was going to get paid for probably in a month or two. I sat down, I talked to him for 15 minutes, asked him how he was doing, what's going on in his life, where's his problems. I left. I went and wrote him a check for a thousand bucks, which fixes his car so his wife can get back to work. So it takes the stress away. And I handed it to him. And I said, thank you. I said, I really hope this helps. He started crying. Hmm. On the big scheme of things for my company, yeah, it's money's money, but it's not the end of the world for the HVAC company because, but to him, that's a hundred grand. That's more important today than it is nickel and diming pennies around the company. People matter. Mm -hmm. People over profits is our motto. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a hard one yeah. to live by. No, I'm just kidding. But it's an easy one to live by. But the people got to make the profits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, right. But, uh, no, but 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 that's but that's having that's casting out a vision a vision of a small win today, small step, a small win that's going to pay off big wins because he's dedicated and loyal to the company. In that moment, yeah. like that's that that's important. That's important. That's important on so many levels, right? And so we take those moments for granted, right? We, we like you say, like me walking away from that door was a big deal. But like, what would your life look like if you didn't send that message? It's it's those it's those micro moments, right? Mm -hmm. We're always looking for the big things, mm -hmm. and I think we need to really slow ourselves down and just mm -hmm. look for the small wins and compare and just see who were we were yesterday. You know, are mm -hmm. we better off today than what we mm -hmm. were yesterday? And mm -hmm. even if that's too micro, go back a month. Go back a year. I mean, my life, I go back a year. I'm in a completely different place today than I was a year ago. I'm in a completely different place today than I was. Well, mm -hmm. <laughs> you would tell me two weeks ago, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. I, 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 I shouldn't, I shouldn't make you, I shouldn't make you cry on your own podcast. It might, it might show people that I'm real. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think, I think that, I think that when you invest in yourself, regardless of what you do. I think that's the, you know, the greatest ROI that you can, that you can create. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Alex Ramosi, who's my favorite business guy, he says, he Oh, I love Alex. The, the S&P me. Yeah. Because, you know, right. that's the number one investment vehicle, you know, and it, it's the truth. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, we, we create, you know, we create hurdles, right. And we create all these ridiculous things. So we don't do it. I'm in an area currently where they haven't had a lot of wins for many years when it comes to business, but my employees are happy. My employees are excited about the future. Is that one person that did all that? Or is it a culture that bleeds through my COO? And are we going to put up with negative behavior? No, we're not because you're great. You're great. And I told the Chamber of Commerce lady, I said, this town only needs one thing. I said, you're worried about the economy. You're worried about all these things. I said, these people need to be reminded that they're awesome, that this is a beautiful place and it matters. And when you do that, you start taking care of your grass. Mm -hmm. You start taking care of yourself. You start taking care of the park down there. You clean up after yourself. That on a collective, like in a neighborhood, right? What's the joke? 
you start mowing your grass, you start taking care of your grass, your neighbors start doing it. Mm -hmm. What grass do you have in your life that you haven't been mowed or manicured? That's what you need to get after. (laughs) So I have the same questions at the, uh, you've already answered them, you know, (laughs) what you got. No, give me another answer. So uh, no, what's the one question you wish I should have asked or the topic that we, that you wish we should have covered that I didn't. And how would you answer it or expand on it? Hmm. When you start with the small steps, what you're actually doing is you're creating a new identity and your identity is your anchor point. That is who you believe you are. Right. If you really want an episode about this, Mike Byer, Byer, Bayer, Byer, B-A-Y-E-R and Ed Milet. Hmm. He's an amazing coach. He talks about creating an alter ego that then creates this new version of yourself. And remember that our identity, right? I'll use a simple example. I'm an alcoholic. Okay. Well, that's an identity that you can't slip even if you do get sober for 30 days. Mm-hmm. So I am a healthy person that seeks at every opportunity to be healthy. Oh, well, that sounds way different, right? I am right. a person that lives and breathes and commits to small steps, small wins. You don't even got to worry about the big stuff. That new identity right. will take care of itself. Right. And so identity is not talked about enough. I don't think it's, um, I don't think a lot of enough people know how it works, right? It's, it's basically mm-hmm. slid into your subconscious. And, and, and right. that's, you know, my favorite book. Um, that was I've my bought, next question. Well, I bought, <laughs> I bought 70 copies. If I just run into people in the streets, I, I, I buy them <laughs> copies. It's called What You Say When You Talk to Yourself. Mm-hmm. what you say when you talk to yourself. It's about subconscious behaviors. Uh, it's a really great book, easy to read. Uh, it's like the OG of like uh, personal development back in the day. Mm. Who wrote that one? His name is Shad Helms, Helmsy, Helmsy, something like that. He was like, back in the day, he did like the tapes, right? And so like tells the story, like the joke is so great. Like a, a wife went to, she's having a rough time in her marriage. And she went to a self-help thing and she wanted to play it for her husband. And he was like, turn that shit off. And so she'd be in the kitchen playing the tapes. And so for 10 days straight, she played the tapes while he's watching football. And on the 10th day, he said, turn up that tape. And they started loving each other. They started hugging. They started mm-hmm. dancing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because she told him to listen to the tape is that it slid in his subconscious mind and every day. And so yeah. what I'm saying to people is sometimes, and I'm just being honest, in the morning, I'm daydreaming, I'm thinking about business. I might not be listening, but I'm listening. And so I'd much rather have positive things going on in my head. Because even though you might not consciously hear them, you're subconsciously bringing them in. So the books you read, the podcast you listen to, the people you're around, the conversations, everything slips in. And this is what that book talks about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It matters. What you, what you let into your mind matters Mm -hmm. and what you fill it with matters. Perfect. I don't watch horror movies. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that people, this stuff. Yeah. I don't either. Houses. Don't get me started. Okay. I've almost broken like three noses. Okay. Like I am like my fiance is like, loves that stuff and i'm like uh no i'm no, good and it's yeah. not it's not it's not that i've 
yeah, I just don't do it, right? And so like Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, like, I don't know how I did it, but my husband made me watch like every episode of Dexter. And then after a while, I'm like, dude, why the hell am I watching this? You know, and and, and it almost got comical, but then then it got to the point where, oh, wait a minute, he's gonna go like slice and dice somebody. I'll get up and I go like somewhere else. I'm like, let me know when the scene's over because I just I like I just can't I can't take it anymore. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on the on the podcast. Yeah, there are definitely. lots of little nuggets in here. Uh, if people want to find you, do you want people to find you? <laughs> you can find me. What's the name uh, of your podcast? We didn't even say the name of your podcast. So make sure you called, get that. It's in called there. Construct Your Life: How to Build a Lifestyle Not a Bank Account. Uh, and then it's super easy. You just go to austinlenny.com. L-I-N-N-E-Y. It has a podcast on there. You can reach out to me there. Uh, I'm on Twitter a lot these days, so I'm over there. Uh, but Isn't yeah, Twitter X? and Instagram, X or whatever it's called. Isn't it? <laughs> All the guys are complaining because the bill goes through now, and their wife they think their wife think it's like a porn site. So uh, he's yeah, like, where they're having an affair. Yeah, yeah, they're like, great, Elon. Like now, yeah, you know, thanks. It was a bird. Now I'm getting in trouble over here. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I commend you, my friend, to go out and conquer your day. Thank you.